Welcome back, guys. So today we're talking about your escalated student. So now they threw their book across the room. He or she pushed their desk over while cursing you out. What are you going to do? And before you can get any help, what should you do? Well, listen in for five strategies to help you de-escalate your student. Now, don't forget to leave me a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Hi, guys. Welcome to Behavior Strategies for Class, your podcast all about behavior strategies to help you in the classroom. Do you need more support and encouragement for your challenging students? Do you want proven behavior strategies that will help create resilient students? How will behavior strategies influence your class? You will make a difference in their lives and prepare them for success as a well-rounded person. And I'm here to help. I'm Diane Bachman, a behavior paraprofessional with over 10 years experience in special education, working with students from various backgrounds and disabilities, and I want to offer you hope. You will be a constant, caring adult in your students' lives, and building relationships with them will be essential to achievement and triumph, not only for them, but also for you. So we'll be discussing about trauma-informed care, social-emotional intelligence, sensory breaks, why are they important, PBIS, behavior interventions, MTSS, social skills, evidence-based strategies, and more. So listen in, and I have to say, Rita Pearson is one of my idols in her fight for students. And if you have not listened to her TED Talk on Every Child Needs a Champion, I encourage you to go do that today because I want us to be our students' champion because we were born to make a difference. Let's listen in to today's episode. Also, hit that subscribe button and don't forget to join my Facebook group, Behavior Strategies for for Class, and collaborate with other educators there. And again, I am excited to announce that soon you will be able to check out my website and hopefully we can connect there as well. And also feel free to message me, email me, diane at behaviorstrategiesforclass.com. I would love to get to know you more, answer any questions you may have, help you in any way that I can. I've worked with a lot of students who have been escalated. Some it's just screaming, like they're screaming at anybody around them, at their teacher, at anybody. Um, I've worked with other students who've they've escalated enough to where they have left the classroom. And so we go and find that student. I've worked with other students who just shut down. So their their type of, I guess you can't really call it an escalation, but it's they shut down. So they don't engage, they don't do anything. They're not working, they're not listening, they're not talking, they're not anything. Uh, so the good thing about that is obviously they're not hurting themselves, they're not hurting anybody else but they're also not learning and doing what they are supposed to be doing while they're in school. So we work through that. I've worked with other students um, who have escalated enough 
to where the rest of the class needs to leave. And unfortunately, that's been on more than one occasion that that has happened. Where the child is either running around crazy around the classroom or the child is hitting other students in the class. And so the teacher is not able to teach at that moment. So it's just easier to remove the audience from the escalated student. And usually teachers will know if they're getting a challenging student who unfortunately may have a pattern of this behavior. And so they've already worked out with the principal or the AP, like where can they go if they need to leave the classroom? And we live in a state where it snows a lot in the winter, so going outside is not always an option. You know, so where else can they go? So they usually work that out beforehand. So it's not a a total surprise. I mean, even teachers have like an extra box of work that they can grab or lessons that they can grab and just have the kids follow and, and go out of the room. We've had other students who just run out of the classroom and they're just in the hallway, but they're still escalated. So they're still screaming, screaming their head off. Sometimes they're kicking the walls and uh, sometimes other classrooms, they have to shut their classroom door if it's not shut already. And then you have teachers like kind of peeking out like what's going on, but then they'll see me or my coworker or, you know, the school psych is out there, so they know the student is, is okay, even though the student is escalated. So I have seen all kinds. Uh, I've seen kids laying on the floor kicking, um, kicking desks and trying to turn desks over that way, or tables. And in the extreme, I've seen students just destroy a classroom. And that is everything off the wall, all the desks dumped over, books everywhere, papers everywhere, bookshelves. I mean, just everything. And of course, you know, your first reaction is what in the world is wrong with this kid? But it's really what happened to this kid? And that kiddo was um, third grade. One of the worst um, rooms, I guess, escalated situations. And of course, the, the classroom did leave. The rest of the class did leave. And it was just a sad, sad situation. Anyways, that's the extreme definitely the extreme. That is not a norm for kids to go, um, that escalated. I'm assuming you would not have those students. I mean, granted, yes, some of you are going to get those students, but for the most part, you are going to be the first person there. Of course, when a student starts to escalate, And you may not have a chance to call somebody right away. So you're the first person to connect or to help de-escalate the child 
before you can get um, help with the child. And like I said, sometimes it's just a quick throw in a fit and they go and sit in the back of the classroom and put their heads down. Sometimes they start crying and that's a, a start of a de-escalation. And then you can reconnect and try and figure out what happened. Like why, you know, why did that child get so upset? So, of course, I don't want to freak you out because, you know, it's very stressful. It's very sad and sometimes it can be scary when these kids unfortunately kind of lose their minds for a few minutes and especially when they dump over a desk because just the sound of that is a bit much and it scares of course the other students in the class other times you know unfortunately we've been some of these students have been in class for so long and this has kind of been a pattern of behavior so a lot of the students they really don't even notice. I mean, really. We had a kinder, same thing. He'd be crawling all over the place, not listening to anybody. And then he'd start climbing on the bookshelves and, you know, the class could go on. Like they were just like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so. So whichever, you know, they continued on with the learning and doing what they could because she was able to get help so where we could focus on that child and she could still teach the rest of the class. And for the most part, like I said, the other students, they get used to these kids. And they're always so sweet. I mean, there's definitely some kids that are, that are scared and, and they really don't want to engage with them at all. Even after, of course, they're fine and and back to being in the classroom. But other, other kids, they're just like, well, that's just, you know, how he is. And then they just accept him and they play with him when they can. And when he's upset, they know to stay out of his way, you know, or whatever the situation. But most of the gen ed kids are super sweet and they are much more passionate and understanding sometimes than (laughs) some of us adults So that is so great to see. But I want to go over five strategies that you can use to help de-escalate your student if and when they escalate in your classroom. Now, number one, the first most important thing is to remain calm. And I know sometimes that's hard because you just want to be like, um, you need to calm down. You need, you know, we want to, we want to get back control, of course, of the situation. But when they're out of control, us responding in, in frantic or anger or frustration definitely escalates the situation even more. So it's a learning for us to stay calm taking a deep breath before you engage or before you even try and ask what's going on how can I help you so definitely the first thing you want to do is just remain calm and that helps the rest of the class as well 
because then the other students don't start freaking out and like, oh, okay, well now the teacher's really upset and freaked out. Now we should probably be freaked out and st- like, no, <laughs> that does not help the situation at all. So definitely the most important thing is to remain calm. Number two would be don't engage or argue with the student when he's escalated. So now, of course, he's screaming at you and everybody else is watching in the classroom and you're doing your best to ignore and not engage because obviously getting into an, to an arguing match is not helpful for anybody. It's just not going to end well for anybody. So that just kind of goes back again to remaining calm. But I know sometimes our tendency is we want to, we want to defend ourselves and argue back like, well, well, you should have been doing this or whatever. But to remember like that is not going to help de-escalate the situation. So number three, uh, we call it a supportive stance. If you do start talking to the student after he's like not screaming and yelling, you don't want to come at him like full bore, face to face, you know, arms crossed. That's just confrontational. Supportive stance is kind of off to the side. You have one foot um, in front of the other and the, the other foot is back kind of behind you. And it's kind of hard to describe being on a podcast, but you're not shoulder to shoulder squared off. You are at an angle. And that gives you support as far as support you're there to support the student but it's also if that child turns to hit you or kick you or throw anything you are more supported standing that way it's not as hard for you to fall over if you're in a supportive stance instead of if you're shoulder to shoulder squared off and he goes to even push at you it is so much easier for you just to fall straight back So we always say, do your supportive stance. You don't want to be confrontational. And that will help de-escalate the situation because they know you're not like coming at them. So number four, you want to limit the number of people interacting with that student. We've been in a lot of situations where we are trying to help de-escalate the student and um, sometimes another teacher will come in and be like, hey, you know, you should be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And and then he's looking at us or he's looking over there and he's trying to answer or he's not. And then that just makes him more mad. So now he's more frustrated. So now he just escalated again, even though he was starting to calm down or... um or sometimes you have other admin, dare I say, come in and just say, hey, Johnny, you want a sucker? You know, or trying something totally not 
I don't believe appropriate for that situation. And it just doesn't work when you have, you know, 20 people. Okay. That's a lot. I'm exaggerating. Even if you have three or four people, it's too much. So sometimes though, if we have a a student who is like way escalated and we do need more support, it is still only one of us talking to that student. So there may be four of us there and we are there to support each other as well as the student, but there's still only one of us engaging and talking with the student. So he doesn't hear four different people trying to tell him four different things of what, you know, should happen. It's still only one person engaging and that makes a big difference also in de-escalating the situation because, you know, they're obviously getting very overwhelmed for whatever reason. And then, like I said, you have all these different people trying to tell them different things. It just overwhelms them again. And then he re-escalates. So again, limit the number of people interacting. Then number five would be giving that student the time to get calm. Like I said, I know we want to get in and get control and help them sit down and chill out like right away. And sometimes that will happen. Like I said, sometimes it's not a huge escalation. Sometimes they just throw a fit for whatever reason and they're sitting down back at their desk and in a few minutes they're back to work doing what they need to do. But other times they do need a little longer and sometimes, like I said, they start to cry and that actually is a sign of de-escalating or we've had students who are tired like after they have a big um, outburst, I guess. So it's also like, again, goes back to you getting to know your students and you'll get to know if you have students who escalate and again have this pattern of behavior, you'll begin to see, okay, well, she's sitting back at her desk now with her head down I'll give her a few minutes because I know now like she's not going to, you know, escalate anytime soon. She's coming down now, calming down. And then, so once that child is calm, that's the time you want to re-engage and help process through what happened. So it's, you know, going back to, so why do you think you got so upset because of whatever. And then letting them say why they did. And then it's bringing them back to show them a better way to handle that situation. So, you know, it's saying, okay, so you standing up and screaming and throwing your book, how did that help the situation? Or how did that help you um, learn what you needed to write for that assignment? Or how did that help you learn your math that you were supposed to be working on? 
you know, if, if you need help and you're frustrated, you need to ask me or ask a neighbor, you know, whatever is the standard or expectation in your classroom. It's another chance to reiterate what that is so that they will start to learn that the outbursts and the escalation is not the right behavior that is needed to help them succeed, whether in your classroom or out of your classroom. That is not going to help them succeed. So again, five ways to help de-escalate your student would be, most importantly, remain calm. Number two, don't engage or argue when they are escalated. Again, I've seen other teachers or, or um, educators come in and try and talk to, okay, let's go for a walk. I need You need to take a walk. Well, you know, they're too busy screaming and trying to hit and pull things off the wall. Like, they're not hearing you. So don't engage your argument while they're in the middle of their escalation. Number three, you want to have a supportive stance. You don't want to square off with the child and be confrontational. Number four, limit the number of people interacting with that student so they are not overwhelmed and hearing four, even three, any more than one person telling them or talking with them through this. And number five, giving them time to get calm. And then once they are calm, then you can re-engage and process through what happened and how they reacted. So these are just some five ways that you can help de-escalate your student and like I said, it could be a little thing. It could be maybe a little more stressful or it could be a pretty high stressful situation. And now you have to call immediately and get your class out like ASAP. So I hope these are helpful for you because you can use these right away. And hopefully you can put these in your tool belt for next year so you are ready and prepared to help these kids because I know that this is overwhelming and stressful for sure. But as you keep calm and regain control of your room, you can help your student get the help that he or she needs. That's another way for you to grow that relationship and get to know your student even more and get either, you know, some other interventions to help him or her not react and have these escalations all the time. And like I said, if you start to see a pattern of this behavior, then that goes back into, you know, keeping data and maybe talking to your MTSS team or, you know, your AP or if you have, have a behavior team or maybe your mental health person in your school to help get that student what they need so they can be successful.
And so again, you are life changers and you are doing amazing. And I just want to encourage you to keep it up. And you're going to do awesome for all your new students who are coming in. And thanks again for listening. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you all. And I pray that I've inspired and encouraged you today. I also want to let you know that I have a couple bit.ly links for you if you're interested in making your own podcast and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have being a teacher or a para or a teacher's aide, uh, anybody in the education system, I'm sure you have a lot to share. And if you're interested, I took the class with Stephanie Gass. She's amazing, super friendly, down to earth, very easy to understand, and she's great. So I have a bit.ly link for you uh, for Podcast Pro University is where I learned how to do this. And that is bit.ly slash behavior, PPU, the number four, and U, as in the letter U. So Podcast Pro University bit.ly slash behavior ppu the number four and the letter u if you're interested also to get your free printable of all the six evidence-based strategies there is another bit.ly link and that is bit.ly slash the number six for free the number six for free these will all be in the show notes in case you need to go back and check those out and i leave you with this Every child deserves a champion, and that's by Rita Pearson. So I just want to encourage you that you can be that champion and that you are making a difference. Thanks again.